subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, you guys. I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy Chuck and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. Either an injured JT Barrett or Braxton Miller. The difference was is they looked awesome in a 59-0 win in the Big Ten Championship over Wisconsin. Florida State, the last two games offensively, has not looked anything like they had under Jordan Travis's point. They had to play a backup backup. They are playing this true freshman from Memphis on Saturday, so it wasn't even... Automaker, Watermaker, whatever that kid's name is. They played his backup backup. So Glenn, Glenn's yeah. his name. Yeah, so I, you're just in a in a situation like you're saying with Jordan Travis, I would say Florida State is probably one of the best four teams in the country. Without him, they're just not, unfortunately. And you feel bad for those kids because they did everything they were asked to do, win 13-0, and but first time ever a Power 5 team's been left out of the college football playoff with an undefeated record. Yeah, and, you know, I, I was telling you earlier – Michigan may be the one that got hosed as the one seed because now they have to play Bama as the four seed. That's not going to be easy. And I think a lot of people will have the opinion that that maybe is the national championship game. So it's a rare year where we've had really at least six, and maybe you can make a case for someone else to truly be in the conversation. Chuck, I just say expansion was a year too late. Well, maybe so. I mean, maybe so. I mean, this is the first time that you've looked at it and thought, you know, there are uh, – see, in my mind, there are still no more than two or three teams that have a chance to win it all. I don't think that's changed. I think Alabama – you know, if, 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 if I were looking at it right now, I think Alabama and Georgia and Texas are the only teams that have a real chance to win this thing. And um, I don't think if you're at 12, that changes anything. But now the difference is – there are teams that I think, well, there's one team that I think could still win the national championship that's not part of the four. I don't know that there's another one in that uh, beyond the you know the top five or six that could win it. But um, to me, um, if you were talking about a team that still could win this tournament that's not in it, Georgia's the only one. Um, but yeah, you can certainly argue the playoff came too late. Um, but I think the Pac-12's gotten too much credit this year. That's just my opinion. Um, I know others may disagree. And they, you know, hey, Washington may beat Texas, but I doubt it. Penix might have won the Heisman Trophy on Friday night with uh, you don't have Jaden Daniels, again, participating this weekend because the LSU's not in a, in a championship or any matter of the things. That was another great game. I mean, you only really have the five conference championships. Really, only two of them were great games. Louisville and Florida State was close, but it wasn't a great game. It was just a defensive battle at this point. That, you, you don't have Michigan on there, though. You don't think McCarthy and those guys can rally no, around? No, Why not? no, no. Because I think they're basically the same team they were last year. I think they're a really good team. I think they're built to to win the Big Ten. 
Um, I don't think they're built to win the national championship. You have to remember last year, TCU beat Michigan and then lost to Georgia 65-7. to So, look, I like – I don't dislike Michigan. Truth be told, I've always kind of been a closet Michigan fan. I don't dislike Michigan at all. In fact, I root for them. Um, but I don't think they're going to win the national championship. I don't think they can beat Alabama number one. Did you see the looks on their faces when they saw it wasn't going to be Florida State? I mean, they were yeah. down on a cakewalk. I mean, I thought they looked shocked. That's what I was saying. They're the ones that uh, probably got the short end of the stick as the one seed. They felt <laughs> like they should have maybe an easier opponent, and I think I think Bama's way underseeded at four. <laughs> I thought Washington should have been seated four. That's uh, um, I thought Texas should have been seated two, Alabama three, and Washington four. But now let me say this: if beating Georgia is so valuable that you jump from eight to four, how in the world can you drop them from one to six? Exactly right. If beating them is so valuable that it gets you into the playoff, how do you drop them to sixth? Uh, you know, now look, having said that. There's no definitive, there's no one argument that settles this. I mean, everybody can make a case. That's why I said a little bit earlier, I mean, you know, a good lawyer could take this, and I mean, he, he could argue any side he wanted mm-hmm. because there are many, many different angles. Yeah. I was uh, telling Ty earlier, it's kind of ironic, I guess, that, you know, that OU-Georgia game was taken off the schedule because of conference expansion. One of the arguments against Georgia is their strength of schedule them not playing Oklahoma if they had beaten Oklahoma in a non-conference game and probably would have at that point in the year because OU wasn't playing their best football early, early. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Georgia probably has that extra win they need to get over the hump, well, perhaps. I'm sorry, but playing Kentucky is a tougher game than playing UCLA. It is. Georgia playing Kentucky or any of the you know middle-of-the-pack SEC teams is a lot tougher than Washington playing one of the middle-of-the-pack Pac-12 teams. I mean, there, there's there's just such a difference in competition. Um, you put Georgia in the Pac-12 right now, I don't even think anybody comes close. And, uh, um, you know, again, that's just my opinion, and I know others will probably think differently. That's what makes college football fun. I think uh, I think Michigan has a better chance than you and others are giving them credit for. Because last year, again, we always talk about last year, this year. It's different, different team this year. And I saw an Auburn team run all over Alabama for a good chunk of that game. Michigan's got the best ground attack in college football. Now, Milrow's been unbelievable. He's been a hero to this point. I mean, play after play, we saw what he did against one of the best defenses in college football to this point. I think Michigan is going to use what they did as fuel for this upcoming game. And they may have been shell-shocked that Alabama was the team that got announced, but Harbaugh rally those guys. I think that's going to be a great... What I'm hoping for, we had two great semifinal games last year. Typically, as you brought up, the semifinals have sucked. They've been awful. They've been blowouts, and then we've had a better national championship. Last we year have was never, Yeah, last year was the anomaly. We have never had a year, to my knowledge, I'm going to look this up, that you've had two great semifinals and a great national championship. Hopefully this year will be the case. Now, I think Alabama's probably going to lose a tight one to Michigan. I think it's going to win, excuse me, win a tight one to Michigan. And I think we're headed for a Michigan or Alabama-Texas rematch, which from a 
rating standpoint is going to be unbelievable. You're going to have a rematch of the 2009 National Championship game where Alabama came out on top when they played a backup quarterback. I think that's where we're headed. And and I think it's going to be one of the best, highest-rated national championship games that we've ever had in the playoff era as well. Well, it's a mouthful. Might happen. Yeah, I mean, that'd be fun to watch. I mean, um, Michigan, Texas wouldn't be bad either. But I mean, for us, mm-hmm. because of where we're at, the regionality. Well, you've got Bama, Bama, Texas would be more. Nobody wants Washington in there. I don't think in most of the uh, hardcore college football print. You've got the two most polarizing teams in the South, in Texas and Alabama. You've got a team out west, Washington, that has traditionally been a good football program, and you've got Michigan, one of the blue bloods. I mean, regionality wise. You've really got a great setup where you're pulling in all pockets of the United States. This is going to be very highly, as long as the games and the semifinals aren't just blowouts initially, these are going to rate really well. Really they well. They always rate really well. No, that's not the case because we've had we've had years in the college football playoff is, where they were. When is the college football when playoff they put it on New Year? Rated. When they put it on New Year's, it's done horrible. Relative. It was no, it was not horrible. It was not. I mean, it was still the most watched, most watched television relative, show. That, relative well, not, to comparison, not, they have not I'm been not good in, on that. I'm not going to argue about what the ratings are, but I'm saying the college football playoff is always going to be well, highly viewed, regardless of who's playing. I want to see that. Bama, uh, Bama Texas rematch be fine. But if it was Michigan and Texas, I'm okay with that. But if it's Michigan and Washington, I mean, I'll watch, but. That's the least appealing to me of the scenario. Well, but here's the thing. Here's the thing we have to realize. Um, there are a lot. There's a lot more people in Michigan than there are in Arkansas. Oh, I get it. it it's just the truth. I'm just telling you I, how I, mean, I feel. You know, the one TV wants in there. I, I mean, you talk about ratings and what the television network wants. TV wants Michigan in there. That's who they want in there. They're the ones that bring the most viewers. And it's still got, the, again, the story of what's happened this season to tag along with it. They have the villain aspect. <laughs> yeah. that they well, can yeah. He only coached six of the 12 yeah. games. Or I 13, mean, whatever. if you're pulling for drama and you're pulling for ratings, Michigan's the draw. Mm-hmm. It's not Alabama or Texas, respectfully. I mean, it might be in our part of the world, but not nationally. I would I would agree uh, of the, the opinion you brought up earlier that Washington being at the four and Bama at the three slot, but I don't think they initially wanted to play that rematch right off the jump between Alabama and Texas because they might Corrigan and those guys might say one thing about uh, we're just trying to set the order what I think they're also thinking about from a television standpoint the idea of playing Texas and Alabama in the semifinals is a lot less appealing than those two teams meeting for the national championship from that well I think the game I I, I mean I'm not going to argue about ratings and who wants what but I guarantee you that um the Michigan draw and all of that is if I was a television executive, I'd want that a lot more than I'd want Texas and or Alabama. But that's just me. So let's talk with Brent on the McClarty Daniel hotline this morning. Brent, welcome into the program, buddy. Uh, thank y'all, uh, Todd, Chuck, and Tommy. Hey, Ty, I got a question for you because I saw you on the, uh, you were on a uh, podcast with uh for the SEC on Tuesday, on Wednesday night, I guess. Do you know who I'm talking about? You were talking with a guy from Nashville. Mm-hmm. Yes, my buddy Mike. What's his, what's his name? Michael Bratton. Michael Bratton. Okay, okay. Now, on to my, great job, by the way. Now, on the way, now, to my question. 
I want I want to be if I should die when I die I want to come back to somebody like Bill Hancock who has to do nothing with a job but look but look like but look like the cat who ate the canary you know what I mean like the head of the BCS whatever they're called the championship yeah. series I mean Georgia loses. I guess this just makes the importance of the Week 13 championship week. Georgia loses one game in 29, and they drop. And they drop four. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. I mean, I can make an argument that Texas doesn't need to be there. They haven't beat anybody but Alabama. Come on. <laughs> That's all. Yeah, just Alabama. Come on. I mean, they just beat Alabama. Mm-hmm. Big deal. Big deal. No big deal. I mean, it's just, but they lost to, uh, they lost to Oklahoma. I mean, Texas didn't play anybody all year except Alabama. They had to get ready for one game. Yeah. One game. What about Ohio State? No one's brought Ohio State up in this days. argument. All they did was uh, to the one seed, right? In a, but Ohio in a State, to Ohio State, who cares? Yeah, I mean they they played more, uh, but they lost that one team three years in a row. Come on, Ryan Day, if you can coach beat beat Coach Khaki Pants, who was wearing all blue Saturday night. Come on, yeah, let's go. Well, Brent, appreciate the you call. Know, yeah, I appreciate the call. So what's interesting about Georgia, and I brought this up earlier, I think they have more of an argument than Florida State does at this point. Two years ago, they lost in the SEC championship to Alabama, but they still made the college football playoff because you didn't have the same number of undefeated teams in the same number of scenario. Smart's now 1-5 against Saban all time. The one win coming in that national championship that same year to this point. I would argue, I mean, you lost one game at the tail end of the year to the best college football of all time, coach of all time by three points. And as we brought up, you went from one to six. They have more of a case than Florida State does without Jordan Travis, their starting quarterback, I think. And I don't think anyone would disagree that Georgia's a better football team at this point. That's listing right now. Well, I said 10 minutes ago. I mean, Georgia's the one team not in that could win it. They're the only team not in the four-team playoff that could win it. Yeah. But they could. And does anyone think that Ohio State's not somewhere no. on the same playing field as, as no. Washington or Texas? Offensively. Well, well maybe uh, as Washington. Maybe as saying, Washington, yeah. yeah. Maybe as Washington. I, maybe as Washington. Is this supposed to be the four best or four most deserving? And somewhere in the middle of all of that, we, we get to the answer. But I don't believe Ohio State's uh, you know, way back of – I think they're further ahead, uh, you know, and I think if the betting lines were set, and that's not always the best indicator of who would win, but I think it's an interesting piece of data. I, you think anyone believe that Washington or Texas would be favored over Ohio State if they played today? Texas would. Washington would not. I don't know. Texas would, I think. Yeah. Texas would. Texas. And, 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 and Washington might be a one-point or two-point favorite to encourage betting. Ohio State doesn't have an offense this year. This is the first time they haven't had an offense under Ryan Day at this point. That's what killed them this year, and it killed them consistently in that Michigan well, They only game. lost by three to Michigan. Yeah, they lost so, I mean, one game. So. I, I mean, know, if, 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 
six, I think. But Well, it was a one-score game. I mean, you can play tit for tat if you want. But my point is, it's not like Michigan's offense was a juggernaut. Yeah, that was a close football game. That was not. a close football game. And, and if and if you're saying Ohio State doesn't have an offense, you have to say Michigan doesn't have an offense. I don't think either one of those is accurate, by the way. And Michigan's offense, again, hasn't been great this season either. But well, you just said did, a minute ago is the they, best rushing attack in America. They, but – Again, it is with Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum, but they've been inconsistent at times, and I think they're going to have an opportunity based on what I've seen Alabama rushing into rushing defense at some point to get them at some point. But Milrow, again, like I said earlier, I think Alabama wins in a close one based on his heroics to this point. Let's talk to Mitchell, who's in Boonville this morning. What's up, Mitchell? Hey, Bearcats going to the state championship. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um... I just feel like, well, for one, I'm thankful I'm not on that committee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would be. Open bar, great catering. It'd be an awesome deal. I don't know. It's this year, probably the hardest thing they've had to do in a while. But, I uh, that. Just uh, thoughts on it. If you're going to have these teams as, you know, positioned in that top 25, if this team's better than this team and everything like that, you know, they start doing that uh, – ranking system somewhere midway through the season. I'm not sure exactly when. Yeah. I feel like they should have had Texas and Alabama just at a better spot for that jump than where they were at. Like they said, you know, eight to four, but one to six. Just, I don't know. Georgia has to be in the top four, in my opinion, too, just because I don't see anyone else other than Saban competing against Smart at this point in time. And then an argument for Ohio State. I mean, it is one Michigan. Michigan's number one. Apparently, the committee thinks they're the best team in the country. So I just, I don't know. I don't really agree with what they did, but same time I do. <laughs> I don't think that's, that's actually a pretty good way that, to put it. Yeah, that's that's really good. I Michigan. don't agree with what they did, but yet I kind of do. I, I mean, that 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 is not an inaccurate statement. Well, I, I would say to, to, and Mitchell, appreciate the call, the four best teams are not in the college football playoff. Georgia is one of the best four teams. And I would also say the four most deserving teams aren't in the college football playoff because I think Florida State, by what they had in front of them, again, the only team ever in the history of the college football playoff that's been left out as a power five. So you can't say they got the four best teams because Georgia's not in there. And you can't say they got the four most deserving teams because Florida State's not in there. And Corrigan, again, he th- this is what he said. Boo Corrigan, who's the college football playoff um, committee chairman, and Bill Hancock, I guess, is retiring next year um, overall that position. Here's what Boo Corrigan said in regards to why Alabama was put in over Florida State. Florida State is a different team than they were through the first 11 weeks. Coach Norvell, their players, their fans, you know, uh, an incredible season. But as you look at who they are as a team right now, uh, without Jordan Travis, without the offensive dynamic that he brings to it, they are a different team. And and the committee voted uh, Alabama 4 and Florida State 5. So they scored 24 points two games ago and 16 in the ACC championship. Again, not the same offensively. What would have been nuts is if he didn't get injured in that North Alabama game, then you really would have had a conundrum because this is the it's the whole excuse is the whole basis of the argument is why they're not in there is because Travis was injured and has been injured and won't play this season if he had not been injured then you really would have been your hands would have tied and I think Bama would have been left out at this point well, that is here 
Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say that to me is the only reason that Alabama was inserted above Florida State is because of Travis's injury. Well, duh. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, of course that. I, I mean, otherwise, Florida State might be the number one seed if uh, Jordan Jordan Travis was continuing to play. I mean, everybody knows that. It, it, it's the thing that I don't like, and, and it, it's just inconsistent. Um, I agree. Florida State's not one of the best four teams in the country right now. I think everybody understands that, that watches the games over the weekend. But they went 13-0. and So the people that say they should be in say you have to reward that. They deserve to be in there. Well, I mean, you know, if you're going to say the regular season doesn't matter for Florida State now, well, why is Texas getting so much credit for a win over Alabama in September? Regular season sure does matter there. So I, there, there's, there's inconsistencies all over this. And I'm not saying anybody's wrong or right. I'm just saying there yeah, well, are inconsistencies at every angle. How would you have a four-team setup where it was a consistent set of parameters or arguments? I don't know that you could. Well, the Pac-12 is what put a fly in the ointment this year with all you know, Washington and Oregon and the fact that it was such a top-heavy league this year, the Pac-12 was. And these are, um, these are really prolific offenses. And in that league... That's pretty much what you have to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't really have to play much defense out there. If you got a prolific offense, you can win the conference. And in the case of Washington and Oregon, you can win pretty much every game. I'll be interested to see in that Orange Bowl how Georgia responds to all of this. Do they come out or, flat? Or Florida State? Uh, yeah, or, you know. Good but point. does Georgia come out flat, or they, you who's know who, who's play? Mad? Who's, who's mad? Gonna play? Who's mad and wants to make a statement? First That's, thing you better yeah. look at is who's going to suit up. Celebrate the magic of Christmas at the Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in the historic Venetian dining room this Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. From 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., your Christmas dinner includes a salad bar, carving station, hot buffet items, and desserts featuring traditional and unique items. Over 12 dine for $58 per person, under 12 for $29, and under 6 eat free. Reservations required must have a credit card to hold reservation. Call 501-623-7771 or log on at arlingtonhotel.com slash dining for reservations and complete menu items. Call or text the McClarty Daniel hotline at 877-377-6963. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. When you're looking for a new car, you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust. You've probably heard that McCarty Daniel means making deals, but what I'm inspired by the most is that McCarty Daniel means making a difference in our community. When you buy a vehicle with McCarty Daniel, you reinvest right here in the community, in our schools, in our little leagues, in our food banks, and our people. So you're not just making a purchase, you're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Did the college football playoff committee get it right? That's where we start this morning again on our Morning Rush Daily Question. Mike Norvell 
He was advocating, of course, for Florida State Seminoles to make the four. They didn't. Here's what he said in regards to his team. We just beat a top 15 team with a true freshman quarterback. Like, that doesn't matter. Like, I don't care perspective what people think. Go, I mean, watch it. We win. Well, the college football playoff, their committee, their perspective matters. And in this case, they picked Florida State to drop and Alabama to rise above them at this point in time. I feel bad. I feel horrible for Jordan Travis. I feel horrible for the rest of that football team because they won every game this season at this point. But guys, I again... I ain't got any sympathy for Florida State. I, I think they did get it right. And I think there's been times in the past where they got it wrong. I think this year they picked... I wouldn't say the four best teams. I wouldn't say the four most deserving teams. But I think the four teams they had to pick are in the college football playoff right now. Well, did they get it right, or did they pick the four teams they had to pick? They had to pick. I, again, I, I, so I don't, don't think they got it right. The four, be, the four best, there's a difference. It's kind of like a twist on words a little bit, because Georgia is one of the best four teams in college football, so you can't say they picked the four best teams, I and you can't say they picked the four most deserving teams, because Florida State's the only team. I agree team with that, too. Tomat, but I think they picked the teams that they needed to in this situation, as weird as an answer hey, that is. I'm not going to argue I, that, but what, what's your criteria what you're saying. there? I understand what yeah. you're saying. I, there, look, there, there, like there, split the there, difference? There, there is not a consistent criteria. No, there's not. There's not. Net, there we don't, is not. We, we brought this up, and we had a caller bring this up earlier. I think it was JR. We have net. We used to have RPI in basketball for yep. the NCAA tournament. Then that shifted to net rankings. We used to have the BCS formula for who was selected for the college football playoff. They did away with that. They have the committee members now that decide on this. There is no criteria. There is no base at all. And for that, it is consistent. They say different things each and every year. Jeff Long was saying something different than Boo Corrigan was. I mean, it changes every single year. And I think that's frustrating for college football fans. Moving and, target. Yeah. And, and But it's also one of those things where, like, this would be the actual the year that while there's probably only a handful of teams that can win the college football playoff, this is where you need it 12. Like you, well, do you need 12? See, that's the thing that I, that, that, I don't know that we need 12. I no. agree that we need six or eight. I yeah. agree with that. Yep. I don't think we need 12. I'm with you. Let's, would, do, let's do eight teams, no buys. Because when I look at it, put the eight best in. You know, the committee's job, their job, in my opinion, is for them to determine who has the best chance to win the national championship. We're trying to find the best team in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, body of work matters. I don't know if it matters as much as the here and now. Um, you know, that's the whole premise of the NCAA basketball tournament is that, you know, it's about the here and now. What can you do in March? Um, so I get where they're coming from. But Georgia is one of the four best teams in the country. Yep. Well, to me, I mean, and, and we're not changing it. We're going to have 12 teams. I'm with you. 12 is too many. I'd go with eight. They just let me change it. Go with eight. And if you're a conference champion, if you're a power five, or a, I don't know if you can even call it that legitimately more, but you know what I'm saying. If you're one of from those conferences, Big Ten, ACC, SEC, I don't it's probably going to be power four moving forward with the Pac-12. If you're a conference champion and, and – ranked inside the top eight, you're in. The committee doesn't have to decide. They just got to seed you and then take the best teams from there. And that way, a Georgia's in with one loss. See, I, I, I disagree respectfully. I think you name the top however many teams are in your playoff. I think you disregard conferences. 
I don't think conferences, conference champions, I don't think it should matter at all. I think you pick the – if you got six teams, you pick the six best teams. Well, if you got eight teams, you pick the eight best teams. That's, best, best according I to mean, who, though? That's the problem. That's what we're talking about. Well, but my point is, is I don't think of being I, – I think there's a huge difference in the Power Five. I don't think they're anywhere close to being equal. I don't even know what the Power Five is. Is it a two-team Pac-12? There isn't a Power Five. I, 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 I mean, that's why I say all the things we've thought about in the past – I just don't think are as relevant now as they once were. Well, right. I don't think conference championships I, – I mean, are you kidding me? You think a Pac-12 or ACC championship warrants the same spot as the second-place team in a 16-team SEC? There's no way. Uh, well, but, well, I will say there's this. There's no way. I will say this. Clemson has shown us that even though that you're able to get through an easier schedule – that certain teams can compete with the SEC, and we've seen clips. We saw we saw them dominate Alabama. We saw them beat Alabama. I'm not Alabama. disagreeing with but, that. I'm saying year in and year out, there's a big difference. No, it, well, it's going to be a Power Four, and yeah, that's it. When it moves to that point, and it may really be a Power Two because I'm it's not a sure. Power Two. It, it's, it's the a Big power Ten of the SEC. It's really the ACC has. I'm sorry, they are the weakest of the Power Fives right now. Now that'll change when everybody that's good in the Pac-12 moves to the Big Ten. But right now, the ACC is the weakest of the Power Fives. And the Pac-12 is fourth on the list. And uh, um, it, it's, it's, it's just not a fair representation in terms of quality of teams. The Power Fives are not anything close to being equal. I think you brought up something important earlier. We were talking about, like, while Florida State feels like they got hosed, they do have the opportunity to play one of the best, I'd say, three teams in college football to this point in Georgia. But I don't know how how the players are going to view that. Are they going to view it as that, hey, we have to prove people wrong in this game, or are there going to be some that say, you know what, we're not playing for a national championship. I'm going to declare for the draft. I'm going to get ready for that. I think that goes for both sides. I think it goes for Georgia, too. Maybe mm -hmm. more for Georgia than Florida State. I figure they got more NFL guys on their team. Because I I guess it was Cincinnati a couple years back. That was a great game. I think it was in the Sugar Bowl, if I remember that right. Georgia had a few guys just go and move on and declare uh, back and forth. Um, But Cincinnati, again, really wanted that game. They weren't able to beat Georgia. But this one's, again, a a little different to this point. If Florida State wins, they're going to pull a UCF, right? They're going to say we're the national champions at this point because they'd be undefeated. They beat one of the best teams in college football. Well, I'm sure they they, will. And then you look at, I guess, Auburn is maybe the only other undefeated team in the last two decades that would have a similar kind of situation or occurrence. Tulane... Tulane went undefeated one year, and Did, they didn't. Yeah, okay. that was back in the day. Okay, so they would have like a similar situation in occurrence because that was the only like when I was thinking about this like set up an example. That was the only time that I was like, what other team won out in the Power Five and didn't get a chance to play for the national championship? I think Auburn is that really other yeah. only other team in the last two decades. Yeah. I'm looking here on the Bet Saracen. Well, they were on probation one time when they went undefeated. Yeah. Okay. I'm surprised there's betting lines on all these bowl games yet, not knowing who's going to play. I mean, uh, right now, the Georgia-Florida state line, have y'all seen it? I'm going to say Georgia's like a 14-point favorite. So you have seen it then. No, I haven't. Is that what they are? (laughs) 13 and a half. 13 and a half? Yeah. 
13 and a half point favorite. Well, now, you just don't know who's going to play. Right. So I'm wondering how that side. will shift. Yeah. You just don't know. I don't know how you set a betting line mm-hmm. not knowing who's going to play. You do have some intrigue. I mean, of course, Alabama and Michigan's the most intriguing SEC matchup, but that game is going to be for Ole Miss against Penn State. Uh, let's see. You got, uh, I mean, I, I'm excited about some of these games at this point in well, time. Well, we're just going to have to see what these rosters look like, guys. And mm-hmm. we talk about the NFL, guys. This portal period's opening up. There's going to be good players moving. And they're not going to enter the portal and then go play in a bowl game. Nope. And um, so, I mean, there's there's just a lot to come on this. Bowl games, and I hate it. But um, bowl games are, you just don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I remember when we were in Tampa, um, you know, Penn State didn't have half their team, and we didn't have a lot of our guys. And, um, you know, that's just that's just kind of how it is now. And last year it, it was, you know, both sides played without players. And um, everybody that's not involved in the college playoff, if you're not in that four-team playoff, your roster for the bowl game's up in the air. You, you may not know it, but it is. All right, that's your Morning Rush Daily Question. It is brought to you by Red River Dodge in Heber Springs. They are Arkansas's number one Ram dealer. Log on at redriverdodge.com. This hour of Chuck Barrett on the Morning Rush is presented by Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Professional people, professional service. Schedule your service appointment today at gopascal.com. All right, let's talk to our friend Sterling, who is in Center Ridge this morning. Sterling, welcome into a Monday. Hey, guys, and I'm totally agreeing with Chuck and Tommy on that. Uh, 12 is too many, way too many. Six, it's a perfect number. Never in my life, I, I fought across uh, football. I'm talking about back in the days where your SWC champion went to Dallas, SEC went to Sugar, and Big 8 went to Orange, and never in the AP and UPI was voting. There, there's never been more than 16 that could that could make that jump. Um, Miami made a jump in 83 from 5 to 1. And, and you know, a lot of people thought that Arkansas should have got the jump from mm. 6 to 1 when they beat Oklahoma. That's but, right. Uh, that's exactly right. But Notre Dame, they, you know, Notre Dame got the nod. But the bottom line is, is you don't have no more than six teams in any given year. And the, the fact that they went to 12, I didn't understand that. Six is perfect. And I would do it with the six. You know, and those, the first two get to buy, and those other four games, those other games, you know, play on new, uh, campus sites, and then you, when you get to four, you can still keep your bowls like you like you got them now. You're new, so you stick to and, and all that. That was just too easy, in my opinion. But that's a Florida State. Did they get hoes? Uh, if you're a Florida State player, yes, you should feel like you got hoes. But if you're not, you all better see what the submitted did. First off, the criteria is, is basically it's a it's a big list of things that basically say that we can do what we want. In <laughs> our opinion, right. picking the four best teams. That's right. <laughs> because you know you got conference champions. It's not automatic, but it's weighed heavily. Uh, if you clearly one of the top four, uh, you go in over 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 head to head. So, but it just didn't work out how I wanted it. What I really wanted to have happen, and this is just, this is me being mean spirited, but I mean that's why me and Clay best friends. What I wanted to have happen was Alabama to win like they did, uh, Florida State to go like it did, but pick Alabama and leave Texas at home. Now that would have been just lovely. 
I'm not. I mean, I'm not a big Alabama fan by no means, but to see Texas being left out after they beat uh, Alabama by double digits and touching Lucas and being at home, that just made me laugh all night long. But you know, yeah, it, it was almost good. I got a cousin that's this big four state fan. He's miserable, and that's kind of funny. But you know, yeah, you know, when they you, it's funny. But uh, they 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 picked the right team. Uh, they they did the right thing, but. But what I want to argue about is, SMU should have got that New Year's Six Bowl. They should have been playing in the Cotton Bowl. Maybe they should not be in a New Year's Six. <laughs> I agree with that. Day. I agree with yeah, that. And let's give a shout-out to Arkansas's own Rhett Lashley, who's the one that's leading that program at, at this point. Northwest Arkansas guy that's had a track record of success and uh, – Pony up, or uh, I don't know. We don't have exactly a lot of fans. Well, that means or, a lot of different things in college football, doesn't yeah, it? Pony up. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how many fans we have of SMU. I think over everybody's it. ponying up right now. Well, didn't they <laughs> pony up to get in the ACC? Is that where they're going now? Yeah. yeah. They, uh, so what's yeah. crazy about that move? Paying their own ticket. Yeah, yeah. they're relying on big boosters and donors because they're not accepting revenue from the ACC was like five seven. years. I think it's five, I, five or seven. I, I don't yeah, know, something like it, that. It's a well, while. Have you driven through Highland Park? Yeah. It's have pretty, you driven through Highland Park? It's pretty swanky. Yeah, I pretty, think they'll be able to raise the money. <laughs> well, I don't I don't think we'll have any problems. Well, speaking of money, I, I did find it interesting listening to, to Coach Pittman talk about not just NIL, but the recruiting and portal this week. That is going to be a topic of conversation, whether publicly or privately, on not just the high school trail, but on the transfer portal trail as well. We mentioned uh, Ohio State quarterback Kyle McCord started all year, has entered his name in the transfer portal as of this morning. That's going to be a good con ball with them in Missouri. I think that could end up being a pretty good ball game with those two. Don't know who they're going to wheel out at quarterback. But here was Pittman talking about the importance of this week on the recruiting side of things. We had a recruiting meeting at 2 o'clock this afternoon. I was down about 1.55 and I completed. So we went Tuesday and Wednesday and today through all however many it was, maybe 100 guys or whatever it was, a little bit more. So we're through. And you talk about the portal and all this kind of stuff. I feel really good about where we're at on the football team. But obviously things can change simply because of the fluidity with phone calls to talking to coaches and all this kind of stuff. So we got a great university, a great situation here. Arkansas Edge is helping us tremendously. And uh, we want to keep the guys, obviously, uh, on the team that we want to keep. But we can't if they don't want to. But that's why the portal's open and, and we'll go out and replace them. Tommy, you were asking something during the break. I, I do wonder how many Arkansas fans have signed up for that to this point. Well, I, yeah, I don't doing. know. Uh, because that, that's central to – that is a central piece to their NIL program moving forward mm-hmm. is are there 10,000 fans out there, 5,000 that will give 50 a month and another five that will give 100 a month. I would love to know where they're at on that, that mm-hmm. path. Have they gotten 1,000 or have they gotten 5,000 already? I would imagine if they've – met those goals we'd already hear about it so we got asked about landon jackson earlier and his future with arkansas or what he plans on doing we i think all came to the agreement that he's probably the most important defensive piece i know it hurt losing chris Poupal, the transfer portal but guys if you look at the roster based on what happened this season they haven't gotten lambasted or drilled to this point now it's early we know that i mean with portal opening today but i mean for the most part, and we'll see what Petrino does. We'll see who they add and whatnot. They've had success there. You hadn't gotten drilled as much as I honestly thought you were going to at this point. Well, it hasn't opened up yet. So, I mean, uh, um, you know, I guess we'll 
we'll see. I, I, I think everybody's going to take a hit. Um, I think it's almost like I, I remember in baseball years ago when, you know, you'd have the draft coming up and can we keep this guy and or th- is this guy going to go pro? And, you know, the standard rule of thumb was you're always going to you're going to keep one or two you didn't expect to keep and one or two you thought you would keep are going to go. And um, I think we may see a lot of that in the portal. I, th- I think I think there may be a player or two that you keep that you think might go and you may lose a guy or two that you never imagined leaving. And um, I didn't see Pooh Paul leaving. I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't see that. But I am not privy to the conversations that go on between players and coaches and families and agents and pseudo agents and all the other stuff going on. There's going to be some sad stories out of this. Players that enter that you know are kind of marginal or right in that 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 gray area. That at the end. There's the music stops and there's no scholarships left. Everybody's got a chair. Everybody's got a scholarship. Everyone's got a spot and they don't. There's going to be more than a few of those stories. I don't think players are as naive on this as they were even a year or two ago. I think you will see some players who will leave for what they suppose will be greener pastures and then they're disappointed. But I think you'll see a lot more continue to leave because they're not playing. Uh, because they want to go play. And then you're going to see a good group. I mean, if you've got a starter leaving, um, I'm sorry, but, man, my red flags are coming up all over the place. When a school's got a starter, particularly at an SEC school, that says I'm up and leaving, um, I'm wondering what's going on behind the scenes. I think there's, uh, um, there's, there's some untoward stuff going on there. I'll just put it that way. I would uh... – I wonder how much of this, and and I don't know because I haven't talked to any of the players about this, but I wonder how many times a player maybe reaches out to a a former high school teammate or someone else in another program that he knows from competition or another coach that he may may have met on the recruiting trail. I wonder the, the percentage comparison of when the coaches allegedly reach out to these guys versus the players trying to do their own due diligence at this point. Again, we brought up the idea of a, a good quarterback in college football could make between $1 and, and $2 million. I wonder how many times players are like, yeah, I'm going to see how much I'm worth. I'm going to text well, a few I people. Think, I think it's their families, their dads, okay. um, someone that maybe the family has hired or views as an advisor, representative. I think those conversations go on. I, I, don't, I don't think, for example – you know, Johnny Lunchbucket at State University picks up the phone and, you know, calls Coach Smith at the school across the state and says, hey, man, how much do you think I'm worth? Uh, I don't really think that goes on. But I do think that there's probably some daddies and uncles and, you know, other people out there that sort of do that for them. I don't know that. You know, that's the thing about all this. We speculate and we apply the standards that we think would apply in our own lives, how we do it or what makes sense. And I just think there's so much stuff going on behind the scenes right now. There's so much money on the table. There's so many people that have a got mine, get yours mentality mm-hmm. that, uh, um, man, I, I just think there's, there's probably a lot of stuff going on out there that we don't even know about. 
It's football season at your neighborhood Buffalo Wild Wings. And with 64-inch TVs, beer, burgers, and, you know, wings, Buffalo Wild Wings is the best choice to watch the big game. So bring the gang and join us this football season at your local Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings, beer, wings, sports, and your home for any game. Roar! Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. All right, we do have a basketball game tonight inside of Bud Wall Arena. Arkansas takes on the Furman Paladins at 7. Chuck and Z will be courtside starting at 6.30 tonight. It's also on the SEC Network Plus. Tremont Mark, I know people still wondering about his status. Here was Eric Musselman on Saturday talking about him potentially playing a nine basically even on his own you know yesterday just nothing you know nothing there to report now today in in uniform went through some things that were non-contact went through some things that were not going to be reactionary plays meaning things on defense the concern right now is not the back the concern continues to be the hip and the groin he did a lot more today than what I would have thought he would have done. And then we'll see see where he's at, you know, really tomorrow, to be honest with you. I mean, I think that, you know, tomorrow after practice and then how he is at shoot-around Monday will will determine. You know, I would say that we, we feel very confident that he would play in the game after Monday based on the progress. Monday is still up in the air, I would I would say. So, again, don't know about tonight, but, guys, it seems like Oklahoma looks like more of a, a potential this Saturday. Well, it does for him. I mean, it. Uh, now, we might see him tonight. Um, guys, this is an important game tonight. It's a really important game. You can't afford to lose another one of these games. You've already lost to North Carolina, Greensboro. And even though it's not justified, even though it's wrong, in my opinion, um, you're going to be – that's going to be held against you later on, particularly if they don't win their league. Um, Furman's 4-4 four and four right now. They're the pick to win the league that Greensboro's in. They were picked first. Greensboro's picked second. Um, they're 4-4, four and four, as I mentioned. They lost to Princeton by one over the weekend. It's hard to get a real gauge on a school like that what their non-conference record is because they play so many out-of-conference games against bigger schools. But this is an important game tonight. They're all important right now, even though it may not be as marquee a matchup. Oklahoma's not lost yet. You know, they're 7-0. and This is a big week, and it starts tonight. I mean, you've got to beat Furman tonight. Mm-hmm. And Oklahoma's, I think, ranked, if I, I remember that right as well. Uh, the thing about the the setup, Tommy, you were referring to it earlier, Kentucky lost a non-con game this weekend. Mississippi State lost a non-conference game this weekend. I think Auburn was the other team. They all yeah, lost. The SEC it. went 3-3 three and three this weekend against non-Power 5s, and I don't think that's a bad... Uh, bad statement about the Southeastern Conference. I think that's, you look around college basketball, man, that's what's happening everywhere. 
And, um, you know, Musk talked about this two or three weeks ago, that some of these games aren't going to be scheduled in the future. Um, you know, teams just aren't going to, you know, they're, they're, they're going to stop putting themselves in that position. Yeah, I mean, and as conferences expand, you know, maybe you go from 18 to, you know, 20 or 22 games and, and eliminate some of those games. The ACC opened their conference play this weekend. You know, that, that will be an option for these air quotes, power five leagues to, uh, as they expand, just play more games and play less of those kind of teams. And the losses uh, in December don't sting as bad that way against a team of that level. You know, I was I was, I was, was thinking about it as I paid attention to the ACC-SEC challenge, you know, and, and, and some of the holiday tournaments and such. You know, and, and Muss's comments about how you're going to have more, more power five game schedule. I was thinking about, like, you know, I, I – I guess Florida State had North Carolina in on their floor and the conference opener for them in the ACC. When you take a school like that in December, you're going to draw a big crowd for a game like that. Arkansas would draw bigger crowds, I think, than you would for a, you know, a Furman, frankly, or, or a North Carolina Greensboro. Um, I just wonder if we're not seeing these mid-major opponents we're going to see fewer of them moving forward because I'm going to tell you, if you're playing a team that's picked in the top one or two in some of these conferences you, you've never heard of, they're still good enough to beat you if you're not ready to play. We saw that against UNC Greensboro and uh, they again, I heard must say they had the firm and depth chart on the board after the Duke win. That's just uh, trying to move on even after a win like they well, had. Let me tell you this, a loss to Furman will hurt you more than a win over Duke will help you. And that's just the cold, hard reality of selection time in March. Yep. I did see, guys, the Duke rating got a 1.4 across ESPN. It was Wednesday's most-watched sporting events this last week. So you did a good range. Just to put that in perspective, college basketball coverage on CBS last year was a little below 1.3. So you did have a good rating against it. It helped that it was a good game between the Blue Devils and the Arkansas Razorbacks. Saw Cam Little, thought this was coming, it did. Cam Little declared for the draft. He's Mel Kuyper's highest-rated kicker on this point in time. I would expect him to to land on an NFL roster, and hopefully he'll be in our Lindsay and Associates Pro Hog update starting next year. Nothing left to prove here. I mean, he's proven what he can do, and I would imagine NIL money for a kicker is nowhere near what you can probably make on an NFL roster. I don't know... Um... I don't know what he'll make as an NFL kicker, but I know that, as you said, there's nothing left for him to prove in college. It's time for him to go see if he's a professional kicker or not. Look, we've seen lots of great kickers in college that are not great NFL kickers. And lots of guys that are great NFL kickers, we never even, I mean, you never heard of them. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a crapshoot. But I think it's time for him to go find out. Yep. That is going to do it for your hog update this morning. It is brought to you by our friends at Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call 888-8-SPARKY. Minimum salary in the NFL. I just Googled it real quick. 705000 in 2022. So oh, wow. that's probably better than the NIL money he would be getting as a kicker. So. Yeah, I don't know how many I don't know how many kickers in college football are making year, but 700000 <laughs> But I'll was, tell you what, though. If you miss an extra point in college, you still got your scholarship Monday. Yeah, yeah, true. If you miss an extra point in the NFL, you're in the unemployment line. Yeah, they cut you Those aren't easy chip shots like they used to be in the NFL. No, but. they're not. All right, let's talk to our friend Kagan in Piggott on the McCarty Daniel Hotline. Kagan, what's up, man? Oh, not too much. How y'all doing? Good, buddy. 
I've I got a couple things I want to hit on. I'll start with the college football playoff. Guy I work with, he's a diehard Florida State fan, and he all I've heard we didn't get in there. Blah blah blah. But look, man, I'm just going to tell you about the reality of this. Your quarterback got hurt. That's fine. I want to watch a good game for college football playoff. I don't want to watch a 60 something blowout. I mean, that's just and the 12 team playoff thing. I want to watch good playoff games, not blowouts. And I feel like after a couple of years of, you know, Georgia beating up on the 12 seed in Alabama, you know, scoring 70 points on somebody in the college football playoff game, I believe it'll change. But I guess we'll just have to stay on that. And the last thing, uh, I've just seen so much negativity about KJ and everything. I mean, I like the guy. He's done good things for East University of Arkansas. Uh, but all I'm going to tell those people that want him to go is be careful what you fish for because – if he goes to Auburn under Jeff Levy, I do not want to play him. I'll tell you that. They got money and they want to win as bad as we do over there. And I'll tell you right now, I would, I, I'd hate to play him. Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. So as of this morning, uh, Kyle McCord, Ohio State starting quarterback, has entered the transfer portal. I think at some point we are going to see K.J. Jefferson enter his name in there. We don't know that just yet. But in regards to the offense, I know people are wondering what that's going to look like, who's going to be quarterback. Uh, Sam Pittman got asked about it. Here's what he initially said about the offense next season. Just like KB was, just like Dan Enos was, he got a job to do, and he I don't know how I can allow him to do a job if it ain't his offense. So uh, we hired him because he's a brilliant offensive mind, and it's his offense. That's just what it is. It's just like it was Kendall Brow, just like it was Dan's. I'm always going to have input on what my feelings are of thing, but he's offensive coordinator, and that's what he's hired to do. I mean, you think KJ's made a decision yet or if he's still mulling over what he thinks he wants to do? Is that something that has just not I been released yet? What do you what do you think that is? I don't it? know. I mean, I don't know how to answer that. I mean, my, my gut would tell me he's probably been in discussions with other options and opportunities mm-hmm. and he's probably looking elsewhere. We haven't heard anything contrary to that, but I, I wouldn't know how to answer what KJ's thinking. I mean, only he could, could say that, but my guess is he won't be the quarterback here next mm-hmm. year. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of thinking at, at this point in time. Now, you've got, again, K.J. Jefferson, Jacoby Criswell, Malachi Singleton. Uh, K.J. Jackson is currently committed on this class in 2024 next year. I know there's some people that think that might change at this point, what they're going to do with the quarterback position. But, uh, Chuck, Bobby Petrino also elaborated on the offense. I thought it was interesting when he talked about his time in College Station and – 
and seemingly the terminology not changing it seems like from his vantage point it's going to be more of his offense this year. When I took the job at A&M, Jim wanted to keep the same terminology and call things the same way they did. It was hard. It was hard on me. I was staying up all night. I can remember the first scrimmage. I was up at 2 a.m. in the morning. I woke up at 2 a.m. in the morning to get ready to call plays for the first scrimmage, just understanding what the terminology was, what the formation was. It was not only calling the, the plays different, but the formations, the way they call the formation is probably different than anybody else that I've ever been around. You know, normally you call the strength where your tight end's going to align, and there it's where your slot receiver is going to align. So just getting the connection to be able to do that was, was very difficult. My God, can you imagine the things he was thinking and saying at 2 a.m.? Trying to learn that stuff? I, I can only imagine the self-thought he had going on and the words well, coming out of his mouth. Part of the deal there, too, is, I mean, you know, Pittman's not an offensive coordinator. Jimbo was an offensive coordinator for a long time before he was a head coach, and so he's got his system in. And Pittman does not have – I mean, he's an offensive line coach. He's got an offensive mind, but he didn't have a system per se. And so really what he's doing, he's doing with Petrino, same thing he did with Enos and Bryles. I mean, he, he's not giving any – you know, there's, there's – when you're in charge, you've got one key. You know, you got the master key. When you're in charge, you got one key. He's given one key to Kendall Bryles, Dan Enos, and now Bobby Petrino with that offense. And uh, I don't think he meddles. I don't think he's meddled with the other guys. He's turned him loose, mm-hmm. and he'll turn Petrino loose the same way. And you kind of laughing there at something. The funniest thing, though, that was said, you mentioned again the master key, key being the head coach. This was, I thought, the funniest thing in the press conference, Bobby Petrino talking about the pecking order. Well, I'd welcome it. There's a reason he's known as the best offensive line coach in, in America. And, you know, if he has certain thoughts that he wants to do on short yardage and goal line, I communicated to him that when I was calling plays at Arizona State, Bruce Snyder ran short yardage and goal line. That's what he wanted to do. That was his something he was very, very proud of and very, very fond of. And if, if coach wants us to do something on, on short yardage and goal line or third down, you know, we're definitely going to work on doing it. And I think that's how it has to work. That's how it goes. He's the head coach and we're going to, we're going to do as much as we can to keep him satisfied and happy. And, you know, that, as an assistant, what you try to do is, is keep the head coach happy and, you know, not chewing you out. So uh, that's one of my goals. Let's, let's make sure he's not chewing me out every day. See, I think that's a really important point there. People have this image that Petrino is going to strut in there like he did when he was the head coach, and he's going to yell at everybody and run people off and, 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 and be what he was when he was the head coach. That's not going to happen. Um, I'm 100% certain that's not going to happen because I do believe Petrino has a respect for the protocol of a coaching staff. He was raised by a coaching father. Um, I'm certain, quite certain, that right down to the most menial task that a GA does or a manager does, Petrino did that, you know, at some point in his life. Mm -hmm. I think he does have a respect for the protocol and the order and the way it works on a football team. I can assure you when he was the head coach, he demanded it. And I think he understands it. I think he'll be respectful of it. And I don't, I don't anticipate any issue at all. I don't really think there was that big an issue at A&M, if you want to get right down to it. Didn't work out. Everybody's got their view on why it didn't work out. At the end of the day, they all got fired. 
Um, but but I don't I don't get the I don't get the sense that there's going to be the bravado that we saw from head coach Bobby Petrino in terms of the way you know people have this idea he struts in and goes by God we're doing it my way I don't think it's like that at all who sets the culture in the program I mean you've been the around head enough coach. That, yeah the head coach exactly. he better he yeah. better yeah so I mean um, Bobby's not going to come in and change the culture of the program let me tell you something. When Petrino was the head coach, he seldom laughed or smiled. Nobody on his staff laughed or smiled as a result. Pittman's a gregarious guy. He laughs, he shakes hands, he does all that stuff. Everybody on his staff does it too. You always follow the lead of the head coach. If he's worth a darn, he's got his thumbprint on everything. And uh, if your staff's not acting like your head coach, it means you got a problem. So we're going to see Bobby Petrino smile and laugh more? Are we going to see that? I don't know. uh, Yes, I think publicly you will. I think we already have. I've seen him laugh and smile in pictures more in the last week than I did in four years. Four years. (laughs) I do. I'm just being honest. He he got asked in the press conference about if he plans on being the sideline or box. He was in the the box up at A&M. I would expect him to be in kind of that same role this next season. That's a long way out from now. But that's just one of the many things he's going to have to decide between now and then. Of course, they've got the transfer portal. Sam Pittman will decide that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the portal certificate sounded like that. They'll decide that together. Yeah. They'll decide that together. Because I know initially Kenny Godden was like, I think I'm going to be on the sidelines, and they ultimately decided it'd be better for him the box. But I'm excited just to see again what happens for recruiting wise this week. Again, they've been all over the place in the state wise, trying to do some recruiting at this point. But I would, th- my thought is you're spending more time in the portal. This week, I know, again, early, it, it's kind of all blended together. you got an early signing period coming up in two weeks, but I, mean, you, I would think you probably need to spend more time in the portal this these next two weeks than you've been doing on, on high school kids because... You, but you just said two weeks till signing day, and if you're going to flip somebody that's committed elsewhere that's getting ready to sign, you're out of time there too. So, I mean, it's unless, guess what? They didn't make them 30-hour days or eight-day weeks for point. the next two weeks because you're in college football. So, you just... You know, it's around the clock. You don't, you don't neglect anything. No, there's just not enough hours in the day. Yeah, uh, I mean, you work from, you know, <laughs> you work from four in the morning till three in the morning. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's just kind of how it works right now. And 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 your phone's <laughs> always on. You and don't, don't be late. Turn your phone <laughs> off. <laughs> and don't be late. Uh, so let's talk to Steve, who's in Bull Shoals this morning on the McCarty Daniel Hotline. What's up, Steve? Hey, I, I have a you know, thanks for taking my call. I, I have a comment about the college football playoff, and I doubt that this would ever happen. But I'll tell you what I would do. Before, first of all, Florida State got screwed, and I'm a, I'm an Alabama hater. First of all, anybody that plays Alabama is my favorite team. Um, you know, let me say this: if Florida State uh, would boycott that bowl game, they would send a big message to the NCAA committee. And the NCAA committee chose to go to 12 teams next year to try to smooth over what they did to Florida State. They got screwed. And the guy that called earlier said, oh, he wants to see a good game and everything. Well, that wasn't his team, Florida State. If that was his team, he'd be talking different tune. Well, the NCAA- no doubt about it. No doubt yeah. about it. But, guys, let me tell you something. The team that really got screwed was Georgia. That's what I am. Georgia got screwed more than Florida State. Florida State had a great season, but they have no chance to win the national title without Travis. Yeah, you. And it's and it's again. I I feel for those players. I feel for Travis. I feel for Mike Nordvell, who played his playing days here in Arkansas at UCA. But 
he's he may think that, but I, I I'm with you. They're not being Michigan. They're not being Washington. They're not being Alabama. They're not being Texas without one of the best quarterbacks in college football. And what did we say earlier? Georgia's last forty games, they've only lost two, and both of those were to Alabama. Isn't that right? So I mean, yeah, I, I it's mean unbelievable. It's it's uh, um, the idea. You know, again, of the teams that are not in, Georgia's the only one that has a realistic shot of winning that tournament. You know, and because, under the current circumstances, because of the pending expansion next year with OU and Texas joining the league, they scratched an OU Georgia non-con game. Yeah, and strength of schedules one of the arguments against Georgia, right? So I just wonder if conference expansion, in its own little way, came back to bite the league in its backside well, in this in this particular uh, anomaly or case. We kind of talk out of both sides of our mouth, too, when people say, oh, I don't care. You know, they deserve the right to be there. People just say they want a good game. That's exactly what people want. And that's why television revenues are what they are. And that's why your athletic department's funded the way it is, because of television revenues. So don't sit here and tell me that TV ratings and TV money and a good game and the playoffs don't matter. It matters a lot. Mm-hmm. Because that's what determines ad rates. Viewership determines ad rates. That's what determines the, the, the share when you get to the end of the year. Now, some leagues have better share you know, revenue shares than others. But uh, you can't sit here and say that television doesn't matter, but then happily spend their money. Well, and now Georgia, again, with no chance to, to repeat for as the national champion's third year, I guess we, we looked at a scenario. It's like, how would they not be able to repeat this year. And a lot of us pointed to the SEC championship against Alabama. I don't, I can't, I'm going to be honest. I don't remember who I picked this last week, but Saban smart. We've seen these great dynasties and we still have not seen a team win three straight national championships because of the parody in the sport. Well, I'll go back to what I said earlier. If Georgia's a good enough win that you go from eight to four, then the idea that they would drop from one to six by losing is about as inconsistent as you can get. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Because, you know, obviously they think Alabama slayed the Giant or they wouldn't have moved him to number four. Well, if the Giant's such a Giant, how do you drop him to number six? It makes no sense to me. Yeah. Well, and you want to talk about you want to talk about people complaining. You want to talk about problems and uh, an interesting conversation this morning. Imagine leaving the SEC completely out of a four-team playoff, and the SEC champion completely being left out. You talk about a different attitude and, and mood on our phone calls this morning. I think it would be a lot different. Travis. Well, the, a lot of people would have liked it, but people that follow college football closely would have known it was a joke. Yep. Uh, if Travis was playing, I think they would have left Alabama. I really I do, do too. I do too. I, I, I and I said that. I said that a couple weeks ago. So well, that, if Travis was still playing, they might be the number one seed. Yeah, but I think this committee still understands and respects. I won't go as far as saying fears, but they understand the power of the SEC. They understand the draw at the SEC. And at the end of the day, like you guys just said, this is a TV show. At the end of the day, people have want, to watch to keep these revenues you want, going. You want to Here's keep. the thing, guys. Their charge is to come up with a national champion. That's their charge. And with the exception of Georgia, they've got the teams in there that can win the national championship. Florida State was not going to win the national championship. And that's why as great as their season was and as tragic as it is to say all the other guys have to suffer because one player got hurt, 
Man, life's not fair sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's just not fair sometimes. And um, Florida State right now is on the outside looking in, but it's Georgia to me that really has the complaint in all of this because I'm sorry, a one-loss Eastern Division champion in the Southeastern Conference that lost in the title game, in my opinion, is better than an ACC champ that went undefeated in the worst of the Power you Five ref- conferences. You referenced the non-conference uh, that Georgia did not play Oklahoma this year. Two years ago when they lost the SEC championship and then still got invited, their first game of the season was number three, Clemson. So they had that massive non-conference win at the beginning of the season and then again unfortunately lost to the SEC championship but got revenge this year with multiple teams being undefeated in other power five conferences and that how you parlay that because I I honestly believe that that Oklahoma game had been played that's another ranked win they probably put Georgia in but didn't play out that way and I don't feel bad for Bulldog fans honestly either at this point but the reality is they are one of the best three well, teams in college football we've become desensitized to how difficult the sec is week in and week out i mean we have just become desensitized to that and uh there is uh, all power five conferences are not created equal they're not even close right now and we mention them in the same breath as though they are um the idea that the acc and the pac-12 are on the same level with the sec or the big 10 there's no way. or the, uh, I mean, even the Big 12 is better than those two conferences. And um, there's just no way that those are equal. And I'll say this, Washington better enjoy it because as long as they're in the Big 10, it's never going to happen again. This will be the last time. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.